This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Hey folks, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. This special Halloween edition of One Nation Radio. I say this because y'all... Y'all that are listening from the podcast and don't watch from the stream or only in, and maybe don't see the YouTube clips, I suggest that you hop your ass to, uh, the Soul Suplex's, uh, YouTube channel and see this get up, jo- uh, that Rich has on. This man, I don't know what cowboy you want to call yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. What, co- <laughs> what, what kind of cowboy you is? All I know is that you like I, an original cowboy. You know, the original yeah. cowboy is black. So you like, you like the original cowboy bitch. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I am on the other side of the law. So I, I am not I am not with the law. You know, my, my face is on a poster. I have a very big gun. I am from the West. Um and you know I I'm trying to dodge all all I'm trying to get, you know, uh stay away from the bounties. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm trying to get this money and and, and ride off, you know, on this horse, on this on this uh domestic horse. Okay, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, uh, you know, I, I can say, you know, I I didn't transport myself back to uh, 1899. You know, uh, a lot of people talking about gold. You know, in the West, you um, know, a little bit further on, thinking about heading out there and seeing what's up. Um, but you know, I'm trying to, you know, just get in and out these bars and you know, cause some trouble. And uh, you know, stay away, stay away from the law. You know, yeah. above the law. You know, and you know, anybody want to go outside with it? You know, we go out there high noon. You know, it, it ain't no thing. You know, I, I keep that thing on me. You okay. Know? Okay. So I don't know if you see me in, in my my box screen. You see me trying to look down and up, like as if like I can actually get like a change perspective by changing the angle. Is that a do rag underneath your cowboy hat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What part of eighteen ninety nine is this? <laughs> you know, a little, little bit. You know, I gotta, gotta have a do rag underneath. You know, <laughs> you boys. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> you know, clown. You know, when, when, when you, you know, when you a real cowboy, you know, you you do what you want to do. When you a real <laughs> cowboy, look at <laughs> my eyes. Apparently so. 
You know? You know, cowboy is so much more than the image. It's a way of life. It's a, yes. it's a model. It's a creed. Yes. You know? Uh, you know, I keep six shots, you know, oh, ready. Oh, boy. All problems, you know, going from town to town, state to state. I don't know how we washing exactly, because, you know, I ain't really figured out this, uh, you know, this the smell good thing or the electricity thing out it's, here. It's a U.S. from Creek to Creek. Wash your ass. You know, oh you know, gotta, shit, gotta, gotta swim. You know, in, in the rivers. You know, you know, go to Mississippi, Texas, Arkansas. Oh my god, Arizona, <laughs> New Mexico. We all out there. You see, I'm in the I'm in the finest of wear. You know, yeah. this is an exclusive hat right here. You know, you. <laughs> You literally went to the haberdashery this time. Yeah, this is literally the haberdashery. You know, you, like this. This is not like when you go and, and you find and you go to the pawn shop or you go to to the Goodwill and you say, "What can I get?" You know, to to accentuate my Halloween costume. No, you need to be like me. You know, you need to get something in there that really sets it off. You know, like this here hat, like yeah. like so. You know, you, and, got uh, this, you got this, what, 30 paces down from the saloon, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So, um, you know, like they say in the comment, my man, Black Saber Jr., keeping the waves fresh as cowboy shit. This, this is going to be an entire night demonstrating cowboy shit. Foolishness. Unleashed. Ready. <laughs> but, um, you I know. can't believe we got five minutes on this bullshit. <laughs> Oh my god! You know, you know, you can you can see the extremely fine wear. So you know, like you know, when when the missus sees me, you know, she 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 loves the softness of, of the uh, of the wear right here. She, she likes she, you know, she likes the silks. She likes she silks. likes the silks. She likes, she silks. Likes she likes now the now the fabric, you know, all yeah, that. Yeah. Now you know, like you've heard, you've seen me use it as a nickname before, just to be funny on, on like a message or whatever else, but like, this man is, I can finally use it now, there's no other applicable way to use this, this man is out here in the Negrisian silks (laughs) (laughs) I remember remember when I had that shit as my nickname and Kendra's like, what what the why the fuck is your nickname Negrisian Sims? I was like, I don't know. It just sounds funny as fuck. So I just hated mine, so I just changed my name to that shit. Yes. <laughs> Find an Negrisian wear and, you uh, know, you know, just, just gonna, you know, just gonna talk to the people tonight. Talk to our people tonight. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it, man. Where do you want to start with in, in the wrestling sphere or the, or the sports sphere or, the, or whatever? You know, a lot of, a lot of combatants, you know, week to week, you know, a lot of big matches last week. Yeah. You know, um, uh, for uh, you know, there, there was the, the weekend uh, collision. Uh, we we both watched the show. Uh, collided as as they say. You know, um, went out out here watch watch AEW Dynamite. There was a lot on Dynamite to to talk about this week. Um, but I figure we jump straight to Saturday because that was the biggest thing um of the weekend. Kenny Omega taking on MJF, challenging for the AEW World Title. Uh, on in the main event, a collision turned out to be. It went uh 30 minutes. Uh, this is a match got a great uh re- reception uh to this match. MJF ended up getting the win fairly clean. Um, you know, with you know, some interference, kind of like you know, 
no one physically interfered as a distraction. Like, I think this feels like MJF's like biggest signature win yet. Uh, everything else pretty much has involved hitting somebody with a ring, bashing them with some foreign object after they wrestled for an hour or <laughs> or beating people that aren't really top guys. So um, this whole thing, I think uh, this was an excellent match, uh, I would say. And it like, you know, they, they there was a lot of like debate on this thing of, you know, should they even be doing this match on this stage uh, at all at, at this point because of the lack of uh, seemingly lack of pre-planning, uh, blowing it off on collision of all places um, and then not using it for like, you know, being protected as long as that match is protected and then just kind of throwing it out there. But they did a 30 minute match and like for the most part, like it was like like 95 percent like a real match like and then like 5 percent bullshit like. I didn't expect the match to feel like as definitive and like as clean as it was. It was like, yeah, Callus came out, distracted him. MJF was dead to rights. He was going to get the one wing angel. But again, Don Callis is uh, showing up to uh, ruin Kenny Omega's life. Um, I'm at the point now where I have uh, usually like I see the Kenny and Don thing. I'm just like, oh, all right, cool. You know, it's the angle they're, they're doing it. But now, now I'm starting to get to, yeah. It's, it's time. It's time to bust this fuck nigga head to the white meat. Like, like, come on, like, like viscerally. So, like, I know if I'm feeling like this, I, I can imagine like your average fan, like, really at this point wants to start seeing, uh, can't even make a whoop, you know, Don Cal's family's ass. So, uh, but yeah, I, I loved the match. I thought it was great. I was like, man, uh, if MJF wrestled like this, like most of the time, I wouldn't have half of the issues, like doing the bullshit and like the, the meme wrestling and all that stuff like you know he did you know he did his kangaroo kick and stuff like that but for the most part this was like this is like a serious style match so um you know Kenny Omega would would not have it otherwise uh he, he refused uh to let MJF drag him down uh, <laughs> so you know like i thought uh yeah i thought this was an excellent match uh i would probably go four and three quarters on it yeah i th- i think I didn't think about a rating but until I think yesterday, but yeah, it's probably got to go four and three quarters. For me, this is the part of why like we get frustrated with MJF when he's not, when he doesn't do what we think <laughs> is his best work because we know what he's capable of. And, and he's done it, you know, time and time again, um, in, in his brief career on, on you know, national television. Um, you know, when he's wrestling his counterparts, like the other pillars, when he's wrestling top dogs, like, like CM Punk at the time, like Danielson, like Adam Cole, like this Omega match. And it was awesome. Like he stood in the pain, did all the shit that, you know, he claims he doesn't want to do or didn't want to do and doesn't, you know, it does the whole troll thing with New Japan or whatever else. He went out there and had a match, a Kenny Omega match. And it was awesome. And, um, you know, Small part aside with the callous interference where I saw that coming. Um, I thought this match was great. Like, I mean, I, I, I just knew that the, uh, I didn't know that the Kenny Omega response to the reverse Hurricane was going to be a her- reverse Hurricane, but I saw, I knew the reverse Hurricane spot was coming. Um, I still think that MJF, for as much as it annoys me that he does the whole thing where he, he's an old school wrestler and then proceeds to jump around the fucking gym and do these stupid ass spots like everybody else, even though he claims he doesn't do it. 
um, he still gets a lot of mileage out of the part where like he doesn't do that stuff. So when he does do it, it still catches people off guard. When I'm just like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen you flip that before. I've seen you do topes before. Can that don't surprise me. His life on that Fosbury flop. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. That was not quite the AJ Styles Fosbury flop at all. Um, and he was off center. Up <clears throat> or yeah, off off uh, ro- axis actually. That's that's the word. But um, yeah, um, it was it was a lot more QT Marshall than it was than it was AJ Styles or or, or Will Ospreay or or Pack. But yeah, um, great match as you mentioned. Um, like and like he's setting the pain and ate those V triggers, you know. And um, it was fun. It was super fun and um, great match. It's one of my favorite matches in AEW this year. It's one of my favorite matches in general in the whole world this year. Um, and, yeah, like, if you ask me from a minute-per-minute pace pacing situation, I think this is quite possibly my favorite MJF match. Like, don't get me wrong, I thought that, like, the dog collar match for a lot of people was great. I thought that the the first match in Chicago where he beat CM Punk was great. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I thought the Danielson match, the last uh, 20 minutes of that match were special. The first 40 minutes didn't grab me in that way. Or 40, your last 20 minutes in overtime. But um, that didn't grab me in that way because of the pacing. This match gave me, and I also thought the Cole match, uh, that it first teased them, you know, going into Wembley when they had that 30-minute time limit draw. I thought that match was great, too. That's probably my second favorite uh, MJF match, but this was, um, this was great. This was great. And, um, you know, should we start treating, uh, Kenny Omega like we treat LeBron? We're like any, 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 any sliver of greatness, anytime he I does greatness, it. we now talk about, you know, this is, you know, like you're 21, like, look, man, he's, he's, he's almost 40 now. Like we can't be expecting this man to come out here and do this, look at a reduced schedule. You know, he just kind of keep bullets in the chamber just for us to come out every so often. He can go out here and do this for us. We should appreciate Bro, this. We should appreciate greatness. I, I think few things are starting to bother me more than the. Maybe it's some of its storytelling. Maybe some of it is people running with it. it is like the broken down Kenny Omega can barely stand and 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 do this. I'm like, bro. When all you still doing is putting out greatness, I, I I just don't buy into the I'm so broke up thing. It's like the it's the Hiroshi Tanahashi shit, like to where this man's falling apart or whatever. Like and you know like five six years ago or whatever. But like it's like yo talking about how washed up you are. It's like you are not washed. Stop. Like <laughs> stop this. Like like if you were washed, like it may, maybe it's better that he does it while he's not actually washed. Um. But, you know, I'm just like, all right, because then people start, like, believing that shit. Like, like, yeah, you know, he really broke up. I'm like, all right, man, stop this. Like, this nigga is who he has been. He is the cleaner, you know, and that shit, that's just no shock to me. Like, when he rolls out and is great, it's like, I would just like people to, to recognize, you know, just like, hey, it's always been like this. And... If, if you just getting on board now, it's not too late. You know, it's not too late for you to, you know, c- come to the real and, and understand what, what this has been since 2016. At the la- at the latest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not too late to, to come join up. But God damn, like, like, look at the stuff you miss. If you like this, 
<laughs> we should we should go um you know do this did you know that this was um i think the last time i saw this on twitter someone had said this match had a 9.47 rating on cage match right that sounds too high off just off initial voting but you know how that is sometimes when it comes to like the the dynamite like or the, the, the aew matches sometimes like people go over the board for them sometimes so yeah Happens with MJF sometimes too, especially but, MJF because people be like, we 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 believe in him. He finally gives us the one, like you know, similar to the you know the dog collar match or the uh, Iron Man match. Yeah, it's now at a nine point three five. Okay, that nine point okay. four seven when when I originally saw that, that's the fifteenth highest Kenny Omega match on Cage Match. Like this is like this is child's play. This is this is common practice for this man. Uh, Someone also put another uh, screenshot out. I think it was like. Of the ten highest rated matches on Cage Match, Kenny Omega's in five of them. What are we like? <laughs> Yo, like that's 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 special, man. So like, um, I'm glad MJF walked in the ring and didn't fuck around and, and bullshit. And I and as far as like, um, how they actually did the match, uh, and you know how I said earlier, I felt like this was like actually the definitive win. That crowned him as the top person, even now. more so than Danielson. Yeah, because like even at the end of the Danielson thing, it was like the the huge element of cheating from with his the ring. part, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the ring, yeah, also definitely. with the with the fire extinguisher and all that, and then the the Moxley thing was a total like shambolic charade. I'm not crowning you the boss for beating Adam Cole of all people. Like, no, like the, the pillars. No, like, right. Uh, Ricky Starks. No, like Samoa Joe. No, sorry. Like the, the person, like he's like, um, you got to either beat Moxie or mega. Yeah. It's like it, and it felt like slightly a changing of the guard a little bit. Like, um, and it was like, man, like, I feel like, like this was, I, like obviously they did the Calisay. I'm not taking that away, right? But you find me a more definitive win for MJF in the history of this company. Like he never I mean, be the only one like he really had would be like the M would be the Cole match in, in Wembley. That would be it because Adam Cole was going to take it on shortcuts and he didn't. Yeah, that's literally like, it. Like he only has like, and even this by this standard, like by the standards of MJF, this is like the one of the cleaner matches you're ever going to see. Because like that's the thing that bothers me with him is like. He has this fucking insistence on never having beat anybody clean and never beating anybody clean. Meaning, like, the bell rings, uh, there's nobody, in, in, there's no foreign objects, there's no shortcuts taken that leads to near falls and that kind of shit. And someone's left, you know, behind in the race, if you will, because of that, and you can never catch up. It's always that kind of shit, that element in his matches. Um... This is about as clean as you get. The only one that's cleaner is really the Adam Cole Wimley match. From his perspective, because Cole cheated up and down, but at least the right person mm-hmm. won it, didn't cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, it seems like this is like the definitive uh, defense, I'd say. And this is like, uh, when I saw this, I was like, yo, I don't think he's losing the belt anytime soon. It, at least it felt that way or whatever. Um, you know, I'm privy to a couple of things, but yeah, I don't know exactly where they're going. But um, they've got two pay per views before the end of the year. There's a lot of a lot of opponents circling. Uh, of course, Wardlow, uh, Samoa Joe is around. Jay White is around, and I feel bad for Jay White. Uh, once again, you got to follow Kenny Omega. The lesson is always going back to 2018. Jay White is not Kenny Omega. 
there are a lot of people that still need to learn this lesson, that have fought this, that have denied this um, through Wrestle Kingdom this year, through the last four or five years of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and they're going to learn again. But, um, yeah, like, one would think MJF's wrapping it up soon, but this feels like they've dropped a substantial investment in him. Um, Brew Haven had a, had a good question here. Um, and he says, uh, what would you say is Kenny Omega's defining new Japan match and his defining AW match? Um, like to the general master, me personally. Uh, I, I guess to you. The finding New Japan match for me would be uh, the 2017 G1 final against Naito. Which I think is the third greatest match I've ever seen. <clears throat> um, like you know, he put he put Naito over. The match is incredible, incredibly violent. It it's it's literally as good as anything I've ever seen. Well, except for the four and except for one in four of Okada Omega. Honestly. I'm still I'm still gonna go with um uh, Russell Kingdom 11, uh, you know, the first Okada Omega. And it was like this to me, he was already a superstar like that. Mm -hmm. Like it was already like, you know, I watched the G1 the previous year. I was already like, kind of like headed that way, like yeah. for my fandom. And then it was just like, people couldn't stop talking about this guy. And this was like the first of that. And that's happened since then. A lot of big matches in like, no matter who's in there with him, whether it's Kazushi Okada, Will Ospreay, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, it's like you leave talking about like the performance Kenny Omega gave, whether he won or lost or whatever. And it was like that set off like just, you know, and I, I don't think you can take away from anything from, you know, uh, you know, six, nine, 18, uh, right. uh, of the, uh, Okada Omega four. Right. And, you know, obviously I think you're arguing either one or two, but that felt like the culmination of a journey. It felt like all the roots were planted in that Russell kingdom match mm -hmm. to be like something that new Japan pro wrestling hadn't had in a long time that, you know, the world of wrestling didn't really have at the time because it was like, you know, Danielson's in, ex in injury exile. Right. Uh, CM Punk is gone. Yep. And uh, AJ Styles is, is in WWE at this point. But, you know, he's in WWE at this point. So, like, he's slowly. He's, he's in the, WWE and they made him the man on the B show. Yeah. So it's like, yo, who's like, who's next? Oh, and Gargano like, hadn't fully, like, and Gargano hadn't rose up yet, really, in that right. way as a single. Yeah, and, and it's like, yo, there's this whole ecosystem, and I think a lot of people followed, you know, Kenny into, you know, appreciating the greatness of a lot of those guys, like in, yeah. in New Japan. So, um, as far as AEW goes, I think that one's a little tougher. Oh, um, oh real quick before you get to that, I think the, the thing for me when I mentioned the the, the Naito G1 match in 2017 was just like it was an ongoing story of the journey of both of them to eventually be the person to, to race to chase to, to knock off Okada. They both were chasing after it. Um, and it was like, you know, very similar to when we talk about like so much of like last year with Tam and Julia is like the, the mountaintop is Shuri. The mountaintop is Okada. One of these two is going to be the one to topple them and they got to go through each other to get the right to, to be the person to do it. And they may, one of them may beat the other, 
uh, to get there, and the other one may fail when they finally get to the, you know, get to the summit and get knocked back off and have to go again. But it's going to be one of them two. And that was a lot of the, you know, online stuff between Naito and Okada, uh, Naito and Omega fans, whatever. It was like, they knew. They didn't, they didn't, I don't necessarily knew they had it verbalized in their, or, or verbalized it like that's what was up. That was really the chase was who's going to knock off Okada, but that's what it was. Um, back then when they were, when everybody was, you know, sniping at each other at that time. So yeah, like for me, it was like Okada, uh, Omega had this incredible year. He burst onto the scene in 2017 in that way with that match. And then it's like he goes to that G1. He's awesome in it, of course. Naito's awesome in the G1. And then they have that match. It was like, one of them's going to, whoever wins is going to the dome and they're probably going to beat Naito. I'm sorry, they're going to probably beat Okada. That didn't happen in the going the other way, but it was still like a great swerve in that way of like, just because, you know, doesn't mean you're going to, just because you win this, you want it to mean you're guaranteed it. And it ended up being, you know, <clears throat> more a bigger thrill for both of them to eventually topple Okada later, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, um, as far as AW, I'm gonna say, you know, the uh thirty minute draw with, with Brian Danielson. It just felt like felt like the peak of the company, honestly. Um and it was like it it doesn't get any bigger and better than this. Like as far as like when that belt that belt pop, um when it when it comes, you're seeing the Danielson give that uh I just finished smoking uh this huge blunt uh smile that he gives and then uh Kenny's trying to stay and carry it to my I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Like like you in here with me now. And then, you know, it's uh I would definitely say that or, you know, the tag match. You know, I, I still think the tag match, you I, know, with, with the I, Bucks and Hangman Page as well. For that me, is like for me it's the tag match still because that thing was it was just such great it was such a, such a great storyline that you could be on either side of. Cause like, you know, at that point, even then, I, I still didn't see the like the amount of people that gravitated and res- like the hangman thing situation. Right, is it never seen anything from his perspective? And I was just like, I don't get it. I know that like, but I see that like Matt's cooking this cooking this man, right? And I see that like it looks like he wants to turn on on Omega, even though Omega did nothing wrong. And I'm just find that kind of just be strange. Everything and. Like, what did Omega do? And I'm just like, but, like, you watch that match, you see it play out, and, like, the whole part where, like, he, him and Matt hate each other's guts or, ha- or have such to det- detest each other in that way. And, like, you got Nick and, and, and Omega trying to, like, keep the peace. And then eventually, like, that peace got just broke up because they, it just turns <laughs> it turns nasty. And then it turns to, you know, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And, you know, like, I just – so – you know, I, maybe that's too many elements involved for to be clean in that kind of way for you know for the tag match or whatever for it to be the definitive Omega match. But if it's if you want to go with a singles, I probably say I probably say the the uh, the all or not all the Grand Slam match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and as far as MJF, like uh, we had a question from Josh McLaughlin. He was saying, "How long do you, is it before MJF drops the belt at this rate?" Um, <clears throat> you know, like it, it's hard to predict uh, all over again. Um, there has been part of me that has been thinking, like, what if Tony Khan has gotten back to his original outline with the world with the AEW Championship at this point? Like, if CM like, Punk never exists, you mean? Correct. Like, and where was the belt going after MJF? Wardlow. Yeah, it was probably was in the plans, but it's, it, it seems too shot. 
they got to they got to heat him up, and obviously, obviously they give him a long, they're giving him a long track to catch back up or whatever. Um, I would say the exit date needs to be by Revolution. It could be before, yeah. but it needs to be by at least Revolution. Um, you know, I I find it really hard to to picture him making it through the next two pay per views. Um, it feels like Jay White had a chance before the Omega match, but I'm like, yo. If he's putting him over this clean, kind of to stamp him that much to turn around and lose it right away, would be shocking to it, me. You know what it would be like? You remember when um, Mayu beats Takumi or beats uh, Shuri, then beats Takumi in like two in like a two or three week span, and then like two, three weeks later after that, she loses to Utami. Uh-huh. Everyone knows, like you got your. You're, you got your signified ace runs, definitive runs of this title reign that will sign that will be the ones that people point back to and everything over like the level of wrestler and also the level of quality of match. And then you weeks later is this off you. So it was hard to so it was yeah. kinda like so it was like, I don't think they're gonna do that. And then they did it, ultimately it worked out because of the time he had an incredible run. Um but I mean obviously JY's cable, but it's like you just had the signature win of the of the late part of this run. I probably would have felt better. I probably would feel better for Jay White if that, if that had been like the the December pay per view they're doing. I probably would feel better so, for it. So so think about this though, and and I just you know kind of got a um uh kind of a I don't know like a, a realization. Like I, I saw a lot of people like um saying. No, man. The, the, he got surgery October 12th. It's not a work. <laughs> um, so, Cole, by the way. Um, so, there were a lot of people upset and perturbed that he was like, yeah, man, um, like, why does MJF have so many opponents? Like, why are there so many people going after him and all that? I'm like, well, think about it now. Now, we've got full gear. we got winners coming, and then we got Worlds in. So, all within like three huge shows it, within maybe like a 90 day, excuse me, like a 60 day span. If that. Your people are complaining about this. Absolutely. Just, just so, so they're fucking like, stupid. Like, they're, like no, their, no, heads, no. their heads are exploding like that more than like one person wants to fight the world champion. No. Especially like the last, what Do we had to deal have- with the, the last two months, like most of these people making these complaints, like they're used to like the world champion disappearing for like an entire quarter of the year. So like, I really don't want to hear that shit, but like (laughs) they like, you know, I think they got, uh, they have a lot of big shows coming and some of these people are beatable. Some of these people are not. And I think one of them is bound to surprise us. I feel like it. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Like I, I feel like, you know, like, it, you know, Cole is, he's an option if he can get healthy, right? But, you know, they've got this whole whodunit devil storyline and all that. Can I be the first one to say, I don't give a fuck who the devil is, just unmask. I'm I'm not here for the whodunit. I, I don't care. Um, it's been so many weeks now at this point. It's like, it's lost all steam for that. And obviously that yeah. means like it was pointed towards Cole, given that it, it, it just died on the vine in this way. Yeah. Um, so, so, back to the part where apparently people are upset. There's multiple people that want to win the top prize in the promotion. Um, 
Have we lost the, the plot that fucking much? <laughs> so my original thought was like all these people are circling because they're going to announce the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament that they do all the time around full gear. That was my Even original thought. Even if they weren't doing that, which is obviously the point. Not all those. There were so many people that obviously he wasn't going to give title shots to all of them, which means what was going to happen, Rich? Let's think of it in terms of what happens when people don't win the Royal Rumble and they have to go to WrestleMania season. They were both fighting to get people were fighting in multiple instances in the Rumble to get to the title shot in the main event of WrestleMania. One person eliminated the other person and that other person blows their stack because they blew their chance. So therefore, they're going to wrestle over it. If everybody is chasing after title, people are going to cheat each other and, and um, screw each other over to get there. Therefore, there will be animosity built. And then, therefore, their, their quest is going to be moved away from the title and towards each other. And they collide. That's simple fucking storytelling. That's sports. That's soap opera. That's everything that pro wrestling is. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Yeah, man. Um, I- also, <laughs> if, if, if you... If, did you prefer before when it was him and Adam Cole um, going through whether or not they can be friends because they're going to fight over the top prize promotion? Like, they're not fucking adults? Did, was that better? For, personally, I prefer this. Um, I, I you think and everyone that, else. I, I think that it's like, yeah, man. Like, like a lot of the stuff with the, the MJF friendship stuff was like, like, it felt fitting for something that didn't have the world title wrapped up in it. And I know people are going to say the point of it was the world title, but I'm like, yo, when they're throwing the world no, title away from the them. The match proved that the whole point of it that was that the title was more important than their, was its friendship was more important than their title. That's what we're going yeah. through it. That's why MJF was being the good guy and ended up quote unquote deserving the title because he didn't take the shortcuts that Adam Cole did. Now Adam Cole lost. He was ejected that he, that he lowered himself to be worse than, to turn to be worse than MJF when it came down to it. In, in, as far as valuing the friendship, the friendship was more important than the belt, and they did it the wrong way doing it that way. The other way, the, like, the way to do that, the friendship is better than the belt. Is like Kenny Omega after beating Okada, after having all of this like uh, disjointness with the elite, hugs the elite before he grabs the title. That's that's the way you do friendship is more important than the title. Um, and they um. You know, uh, I, ever since they, you know, they pivoted, like, you know, with Kenny Omega and MJF, that's straight out of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I want to be the man that defends, like, my, I'm the last person to defend my record or whatever. And, you know, let's, let's get to it. Like, that, that's easy, you know, resonating, you know, easy way to, like, get to something. Um, Kamatani know, Momo at the beginning of this year at the anniversary show. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to hold on to my record or whatever. Like, that's, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> Um, but you know, as far as win or lose, I, I have trouble thinking he makes it past World's End, and I know that would require beating him in New York, Nassau Coliseum. I think they're past that shit now. Like as far as like, you know, someone in their hometown always has to win, especially when they they've had like MJF beat CM Punk in Chicago before. Yeah, yeah. So, um. I, I, yeah, I don't see the the only part that I am kind of um, perturbed about if like a babyface doesn't end up winning this thing because it looks like it's going to go to a heel whenever the switch happens. It's almost like, all right, like I want to be taken on a on a ride with a with a good guy, and that's like 
a big reason that WWE has had success of late started with Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn, all these baby faces. Even the Usos, even even Jay. All these baby faces that people believed in and wanted to see win, they ultimately like fucked it up because they didn't have any of them win. Now they're even getting behind LA Knight. But at least they recognize that, that that the value of the story is they want to see the long con- the, the 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 potential conquering hero go on the journey to get there. It climbed the mountain and win. Like we're not we're not getting like a hero winning this thing. We're gonna get like some another heel, just like MJF won it, like with a heel. So like, you know I I I personally am looking to to see a, a good guy uh you know rise out of this. Like, cause I'm like, all right, if you're going to heels like talking about Samoa Joe, you're talking about Warlow, you're talking about Swerve, Takeshita. Who else? Jay White? Like those, it's one of those five. It's got to be, unless you know something something's get pulled out that Cole I'm not thinking another, of. Another hill, yeah. Scenario, yeah. Cole, like if he turns or whatever. But it's like, you know, a Black Saber Junior could swerve to catch our Hangman stand a chance and beating MJF. Hangman feels so far away, removed. He's in his own um, universe now, kind of with, with Swerve. I don't think he's a uh, championship contender right now. Especially, especially when he was, uh, I think he lost some like tournament or something like that. Like it, it just hasn't been MJ or Hangman's time to go near the belt or anything. Uh, I would love Kanosuke to catch to the win, but that would require them like booking him in bigger and better spots. Uh, you know, he had a match with Kyle Fletcher on Rampage that was that was really great. Uh, but he's standing behind like everyone while this like he beats Kenny Omega clean on pay per view. And what's happened since? I, I like, is it a case of you can't give him something bigger than that right now? So they just have to wait. Like, I in like, I, I'm sorry, you got to do better than that. Um, yeah, um, it's the, the it's the focus on them trying to split the half between like the Jericho and and uh, Omega stuff for Callus the Callus family thing. Um, that I think is you know causing some of that some of those issues. I think ultimately the real answer is the next champion is going to be Will Ospreay. I honestly think that's what the real answer is. But, you know, that would be great. Signed. That would be great. Right. Like, I, I, you know, like, it just, he has all the fresh matchups, you know, when it comes down to it. Like, he can win. He merely do, like, stuff with, with Hangman or do a third match with Omega. The Moxie matches, while they're great that he's had, Aren't talked of in that way. You can still draw an AEW uh, big with with them. Yeah. Um, Danielson, if you can stay healthy, we you should know. probably talk about that. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Brian Danielson. Um, so he was wrestling in Dry on Collision uh, maybe like two weeks ago, um, and catches the elbow. I believe ref like steps in and is like, "Hey, what the fuck's going on?" They're like, hey, what is this? This man gets his shiner. And then he rolls into the tag match the next week. With the uh, presumably the broken orbital bone uh, in the tag match. And is like that that old Rick Martel, don't hit him in the face. Um, <laughs> Rainmaker to the chest. Um, uh, 
Superman punch or the orange punch to the chest, you know. And then Nelson was doing all this goofy selling at the end, right? When I saw this selling, I was like, look, this injury is like this injury did not happen in this match. Like, I was like, this is this is that bullshit selling or whatever. And it turns out the way the stories are broken is that, oh, he did not get hurt in this match. He got hurt previously. So it worked the whole match or whatever. Um and kind of made it look like Okada's responsible for whatever. So it's like set the angle up. That's cool. Like I'm, I'm with it. Um, and then, you know, it, it, this leaves Claudio to go after Okada or, um, you know, maybe even Moxley on uh, one day or something. And then it leaves the, the door open for Danielson. Problem with Danielson right now. This guy's getting hurt at all time pace. Almost. Um, uh, it's like four matches, injury, five matches, injury. Like he's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's my favorite wrestler of the light of, since we started back watching wrestling 2011, he's my favorite wrestler of the whole era, this whole run. And, um, he can't, he, he can't do this at this level. Like, he finds ways to work around these injuries, but he can't stop from getting injured in the middle of these matches. Like, the part where he's so genius is that, like, he gets injured, he can get a rod put into his fucking, you know, arm, and then be able to wrestle these matches and have these incredible matches with these injuries, but he can't figure out how to not be injured. And look, this has been going on for a long time, the way he's changed his game. Like, when, when he came back from the cushion stuff in 2018, like, the, the the running drop kicks in the corner, like the way he would he figured out how to like just hold, grab onto the rope, so he would not back bump on his head, right? Um, like he has he has mastered pro wrestling in a way that he could he is able to give you matches that are this kind of great while he's in there really protecting himself as well as you possibly can. But even while he's yeah. still protecting himself and t- t- uh, you know keeping away from getting damaged, he's still getting broke the fuck up because. He's been doing this a long time, you know? Long time, long, yeah. hard style, top yes. level for damn near all the years he's been doing it. And then, you know, he's had years away from the ring, and um, it's just like, <sighs> like, it, it, it sucks to, to, to see. It, it's, um, it's like seeing, it, it's like seeing an all-time great, and it's like, they're just on a minute restriction, and they can't wear the second out of back-to-back. You know, and that's where we are. That's where we are in the situation. And it stinks. And we're clearly, you know, we're beyond the back nine. Like we're on like the last eight holes. You know, yeah, it feels and, like the, um, I'm, you know, creeping towards us. Like yeah. with Danielson. And, and like crazy- I, I always thought his whole thing with um, uh, the daughter is wanting me to wrap it up in the year. I always thought that was bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I always thought that was storyline, whatever. But damn, if it turns out that that shit is like. Yeah, man, I actually got to lay it down instead rather than like stepping away for family. Like, I actually got to lay it down. He's at that stage where he's doing more rehab than working on wrestling now. He has to work on all these. He has to, he has to get up and do all this shit to get himself, you know, in an upright position, you know, to do all this stuff. And then he has to go in the ring and figure out how to do this stuff and protect himself until the next fucking thing falls apart on him. It fucking yeah. sucks. It, it's it's just like when you know, like when you you would hear the stuff that Kobe was going through, or you or you hear something like Steve Nash is going through to like to stay up at that level at a, at that advanced age, and um, like the way they would talk about it was like, look, man, like 
I miss the you know I miss the the, the 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 planes and the and the rides and being in the in the locker rooms with the guys and all that kind of stuff. And I miss the game, but like the hard part isn't the game. Like mentally, like I've done that a million times over. I can do that in my sleep, right? Like I remember uh, it was Julian Edelman was talking. He was on uh, the Kelsey's podcast, the Kelsey Brothers podcast. He was talking about how like Ray Lewis, like he would have all they would. When he, you know, in 2012, when before he last retired, like he wasn't even practicing in, in full pads. He was just literally like being slides and like just getting just get where, where he would be, you know, off the ball and just take mental reps. Not not trigger or nothing. Not you know, guard pulls and he goes and pulls the pin and goes. It just he's just there, just is there, just there in slides and shit. Mm-hmm. Like we're at that point with Danielson. He's mastered all this years ago. He's figured out ways to make to compensate for all these things. We're not just at the point where like the stuff oh the stuff to get himself ready for the fake fight is 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 more draining and consuming for him and all that kind of stuff than actually going through the fake fight until something fucking breaks on him again. Yeah, and this is not like a uh this is not a limb injury. This is not a uh you know, you didn't blow a wheel or anything. Like this right. is like, yo, this is my fucking face. Like it just like shattered. Like it's right. just like, what do you do about that? It's like, and it's this is a run of bad luck. And like, it's also it's damn. a it's a run of bad luck. And it's also a thing where it's like, as you mentioned, it's not a bad wheel. He's going to he's going to be in the fucking Tokyo Dome. Just not doubt yeah. my mind. Yeah, and, and, like and, like he's gonna he's gonna get the surgery. Right, he's gonna wear the mask. Right, like 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 that that Undertaker. Uh, you know, the, the, he's gonna put one of the masks on his uh-huh. face, or he's gonna walk around like Rip Hamilton or Kobe Bryant or the goddamn Robert Kelly, like or, one or of the, you, or you or take Naomi your pick. or Naomi. Yeah, Remember, yeah. Like people were making these jokes about about you know, how do you, how the hell do you get your face broken in a wrestling match? I was like, are you on, are you unaware of what happens when you sit, sit lay in a in a stationary position and let Oksana drop a knee into your fucking eye socket? Because I remember that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, man. Just uh, you know, as you mentioned, these aren't debilitating things where he's going to be out for months. He has to do all the rehab stuff like that. Was this? You know, that was a concussion. That was stuff. the neck. That was, that was the concussions. Right. That was a nerve damage over thing from the shoulder. He beat that already. On. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's already work, figured out a way to work around things like that. We are not at the point now where it's like any dumb little fucking thing is gonna hurt is 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 breaking this dude up, and he's got to figure out a way to now wrestle with even more pain and figure out how to make it tell another compelling story to get to grab you and, and put you on the edge of your seat while he's compensating for more stuff. And it's like he's a genius, obviously, but. You are. We are really now stressing the that genius level. Now we are really stressing yeah. this stuff out. Yeah, it's like when it's like you hurt one part of your body, you got to overcompensate with the other ones. Like, and now it's like his mind is like is like, who knows how mentally taxing all this is. It has to be. It has to be exhausting. Be like, like fuck, fuck, I can't do this. I can't do that. Uh, he does this, but I can't take that right now because you know, like you're thinking of the kind of stuff. Like, I can't take like the floor dive because you know, or the you know the the flip dive because like. I'm too small to, to, to catch him. He might fuck around and land, land on my face or something. He has to think of all this stuff. He has yeah. to consider all that stuff. And that just has to be like, it has to be a bit frustrating because also like, you know, and even with someone like, you know, Omega that's been broken up was like him talking about like the things he has to think about while he's not right. And it's like, it's still be able to come up with these performances that he knows what the stress level and what his expectation is for himself and what other people's expectations the pressure that mounts. And like, you know, Melzer talks about this with like the best guys, the best guys have to get, get a real dark places at times when like, it's time for their best performances, whatever else, because like a lot of that is like 
the insecurity and the pressure you people put on themselves to be able to do this stuff at this level. And that's another one of those where it's like, he's wanted to do this for so long. He's wanted to be in a Tokyo Dome for so long. And now there's nothing got to do with it. Nothing has has to account for. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hope he gets right. Uh, yeah. You know, put him in that chamber. Um, that, that they be. Uh, you gotta be careful. Remember that last time. Remember the last time he was in that chamber. He went crazy and kicked. And, and then his he let his dreams uh, uh, choose for him. And then he kicked AJ Styles in the balls. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. You want to go back um, to One oh, Nation Radio? Uh, great moments and Rich Ladder being pissed. Um, <laughs> they ruined it. They got the greatest baby face comeback of a, of a fucking. And a, he could ask for in a decade. They ruined it in four months. Oh my god, Richard Furious. Oh. Furious. And, furious. and me, I was like, I'm with you, but you know he's so damn good. He gonna make it work in his own way. And we were both right. We were both yeah. right. Yeah. Um. Man. So uh, I don't know what we should talk about next. Um, <laughs> let me pull up uh, my notes uh, from Dynamite. Uh, this I think they opened with Phoenix week. and Jay White, right? Uh, they opened with not Phoenix. What was that two Jay weeks White. ago? Uh, it was Jay White and Pentagon. Who did I said Phoenix, didn't I? Yeah. Yes, I meant I meant Penta. My bad. Results. Uh, hold on one second. Oh man, Doctor Larry said, "Get the get the wood grain AEW World Title belt." <laughs> Rich hated that nah, wood grain. Hell oh, no, that's just, just a gimmick. Uh, yes, I mean they're all gimmicks. The triple B is a gimmick. That's why I ain't like that shit. Like, <laughs> I didn't like because it it's like oh, it, it was look too much different. It was MJF and Juice Robinson. Oh yeah, so the Penta and, and Jay White was two weeks ago. That's what happened. Right. Okay. Right. It was okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that whole so first hour, MJF was like, "Boy, this is this, this, feels, this, feels, this feels real USA Network pro wrestling." <laughs> so, like the um, you know, this shit, everything you did Saturday, that shit was not present Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we opened with MJF and Juice Robinson, of course. Um, Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, he's won this thing five years in a row at this point. It's time to put this shit away now. They should have. He should have lost or... that thing years ago. I think, and also now that he's a babyface, he does, doesn't quote unquote need it anymore because he doesn't need to cheat in his matches. Like it, the next, maybe not this year because he he needed to beat uh, Juice, to, you know, to help forward the pro or the uh, program with with Jay White. But next year. He can't win that fucking thing. He needs to be done with it. Yeah, man. It's um I don't know. Like it's I'm tired of it. As, as I mean, point, it's but, become his sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Um so we also had uh like, like Rich next year, next year can he bring the, can he will he have to get a new ring or can he just bring that to the E? He could take it with him as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I'm just saying, like, will he have to come new one? Because you know, like, you know, him and Triple H would get together and be like, yeah, man, I know all about storytelling. Let me let me tell you about storytelling. And man, pull out and then Triple H like, I got. Let me show you something. Comes he reached to his he reached underneath his underneath his desk. 
and you pull out that fucking sledgehammer and be like, this is, you know, this is the sledgehammer. This is, this is all of this is symbolism. This is this symbolism for everything you are and in your character. And MGF, you start nodding, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So about that, about that, about that, the annual, uh, rate though. But yeah, man, like, it, it needs to be somebody else to take, to take over from this. Like, I think he's, it's time for him to evolve past this or whatever to move on. Especially now he's going to be a baby face for, uh, you know, time being. He can win back in like two years. Sure. So they're in uh, Philadelphia. Um, they have basically, uh, the guns are out there. Uh, they jump on MJF's ass and then the kingdom turns up, uh, helps them and MJF told them to get their ass out of the ring. Uh, the claim came out. They chased Bullet Club Gold away. Uh, Jay White basically tells MJF that he's never going to get his hand on the belt again. Guns in challenge for a ROH World Tag Team uh, title shot, and I want the R- every ROH belt thrown in the fucking Harlem River. Uh, throw it in, in the Cleveland. Not, uh, and throw it in the fucking Cleveland River that catches on fire. I don't give a fuck about Ring of Honor anymore, we, bro. We can't. We, we can't be doing this to Athena. I, but 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 I don't I don't disagree with what you mean with the sentiment. Yes, like my bro, like I, and I I just don't want to deal with it. Like I, I like I it's like an entire sub promotion is like y'all don't really want the ROH belts. Like it's it's stupid. Like y'all not showing up on that streaming show. Y'all not doing none of that shit. Like this is just dumb. Um, MJF agrees to it, so he's gonna be wrestling twice in one night once again. Again, um, uh, Roger Strong's out there says MJF obviously is gonna pick them to help. Uh, but MJF tells him to roll off a cliff. Uh, Max Caster says that means he's gonna pick them, but MJF says he wouldn't tag with him even if his body was on fire. Caster says that means there's a chance, and he wants the scissor, but MJF was like, nah. Then Kenny Omega came out and said, nah, man. Uh, I want this uh, this title shot, and you know, let's get it popping Saturday. What Three days, about? bitch. Three days, bitch. Yeah, uh, real vascular uh, coming out there too. Um, so up next, it was Philadelphia. So we had RVD and Hook against Silver and Reynolds. I didn't pay a lick of attention to this. Apparently, um, <laughs> Hook when he was younger called RVD Uncle Rob, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. I mean. RVD, your, your your cool uncle that smokes weed. Yeah. I, I think it makes perfect I, sense. It, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. The thing is, right, like when you have friends and, and colleagues or whatever else and you have kids, there are certain people that you that you are perfectly okay with with having that aren't your aren't your uncles or aunts being that that are in your life, like those people, your colleagues, your friends actually being called you're having your kids call them auntie or uncle, right? I'm not exactly sure that Taz is, was was envisioning young Hook, you know, young Hook calling calling uh, Rob Van Dam Uncle Rob. I, I I just don't think I'm not exactly sure. Did, did it ever strike you that Taz and, and RVD were close in that way? Because it didn't to me. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows, man? Yeah, right, I right. I just thought it was odd because I, I I'm pretty sure like Taz and like this, this fucking this. <laughs> This fucking space cadet, <laughs> you know. Taz seems Taz seems seems like two series of a person to, to have time to be dealing with Rob off the job. You know what I'm saying? It just, it's Yo. just you know, I don't get the vibe that they exactly clicking that way. Taz, I, I, could, I could be totally wrong. Be totally wrong. 
They don't seem like Taz quit with nobody, man. Like Taz, like Taz ain't exactly you know the the most uh, outgoing uh, fellow in the world. I think that Taz, I think Taz got, got along with with with, Lin, with Jerry Lynn and with Dreamer Com- compared to compared to like Rob and Sabu. I I, I, yeah. it's, I that's how I feel. I, I'd be totally wrong. Wasn't kicking it with New Jack. He was he was definitely uh, maybe not I mean, you know, maybe you maybe know not I know hey. definitely I know he won kicking it he won kicking it with Sandman. <laughs> You know, Taz and Nuja, you know, both brothers, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't pay a look of attention to this, but uh, Hook and RVG got the win. What do you um, think of this crowd? I thought this crowd stunk. Bro, I almost could not blame this crowd. Um, <laughs> if this is what they were given, they were given a lot. Of old men on this show, um, and shout out to the old men. I'm sure we got some old men that uh that, that listen to this show. We'll be there one day with you. But um, uh, this uh, it seems like this company was like, you know, being run over on this particular night when it was like all these back to back segments. And it's like Hook, Sting, or excuse me, uh, Rob Van Dam, Sting. Ric Flair, who we'll get to in, in just a minute. Uh, the Hardys. But that's the, ahead, Jericho yeah. teasing the fucking big show. Like, it yeah. was like, hey, buddy. Edge was around. <laughs> it was like, hey, man. But the biggest pop of the night here? was Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. So, speaking of that, Tony Khan's gift for Sting. So, a human being. <laughs> that is sex trafficking. <laughs> Oh, that is human trafficking. That's sex. That is human trafficking. Hey, hey. Here, here's my. Here's the token of appreciate for you. A human being. That's not. That's not how that works. What? Oh, so Shivani's in the ring. Um, yep. he welcomes Sting and Darby. Uh, Sting wants to thank you know the two people we forgot last week. Thanks, Darby Allen. Saying that he couldn't have come this far without him by his side, and he's the best tag team partner he ever had. Some uh, woos in the crowd, like kind of like ooh, like talking about Lex, like, and then you know he brings up Luger. I think yeah, he did. Uh, he's he's like, hey, don't get the fuck. He's like, nah, man, not not Lex. And I was like, that was surprising the way he like he actually the way he actually like responded to the crowd's reaction to it. I thought he was gonna like just you know you know thug it out, but nah, he's like, I'll address yeah. it. He's like, nah, man, yeah. like. My, you know, me and Luger had our time, but like this dude has carried me more or less. Yep. Um, he wants to thank Tony Khan for letting him wrestle a little bit longer. Uh, Shivani then speaks on behalf of TK and thanks Sting, and he brings out this special gift, and then the music hits, and all of a sudden, Ric Flair is in AEW, and I lose my mind. Um. So I'm of two minds on this. Um, I think for Sting's career, it made all the sense in the world. And um, I thought, like, I, th- I thought it was perfect, the perfect person. If you're going to bring out somebody for Sting's career, you bring out Ric Flair. I'm also of the mind of, like, I saw that Dark Side of the Ring thing, and I thought he should be out of the major pro wrestling business. So, like, I, I get I, I get it. I get it. I understand it. And, um... I'm just leaving it at that. I have no opinion of it other than I thought I felt things emotionally when Ric Flair came out and also acknowledge at the same time when that was happening, 
Ric Flair should not be a, should actually be on AEW or WWE television. Yeah, um, it was tough to deal with um, looking at it. And then I was like, you know, I was fired up by seeing Ric Flair. And I was yeah. like, you know, I, one, I love Ric Flair. Because it's, it's lo- Flair, I, I, it's Sting, it's Shivani, and it's fucking Turner. Like, it's WCW. Yeah. Like, and it's like, if you wasn't there, I'm sorry. Like, you know, there, there are going to be tough moments in life. People that we got to deal with that are around that, that somehow skate on things, right? And... Sometimes these people are, are men in white, like, and it kind of it kind of breaks that way historically, right? And um, you know, who I I don't feel perfect about this, right? right like right. I like I don't have the perfect answer on this on on how someone should feel about it, um, you know, and you know, just me personally, I was happy to see Ric Flair there for Sting, and you know. Sting and Flair goes back 40 years. And, like, I think Sting has done enough. And I don't know. I think this was a genuine surprise, too. It seemed like it. Like, to to really be Sting's retirement and all the bullshit Sting's been through in his career, the bad booking, um, the basically being sectioned off in in tna for years and years and years you know by his own choice or whatever but like there's like only so much like wcw that's left right and i think some of us uh and you know speaking for myself too is like the more you can kind of celebrate that just a little bit or whatever it, it just feels good or whatever. Like I go hard for, for Jericho like that. Well, we definitely um talk about Tony Schiavone like a lot uh, with JD. And I was like, yo, like he has to be recognized for his contributions and stuff like that. And Flair and Sting is like on another level than being recognized for uh, their contributions. Like they close out, they open Monday Nitro. They close Monday Nitro. They were there in 1988, 1989, 1990. Uh, you know, Flair leaves or whatever, comes back, and he's still running it with Sting. Like all these years, they do it in fucking TNA. Like they, and they're here now. Like shit ain't gonna be perfect. Like everyone's not getting canceled. Like, and does that suck for for people that you know are absolutely you you detest the things that Ric Flair has done? I saw the dark side of the ring too. Like I get it, but like. You don't get to win every one of them. I hate to say it, like it almost as coldly as that. That, but it's like he would have been here earlier had that shit not not you know uh, came out. He was on the way in until we found out about it at during the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would make peace with it if I were you. I would I would I would chalk it up to a. This is this is Sting, you know, and, and this is how we got to celebrate Sting. And you don't have to participate in it or whatever. I get it. Ric Flair did his last match or whatever. I don't count on Flair wrestling here. I don't think there's a chance in hell a doctor in AW will clear him uh, to actually work a match or anything. So he'll be here as a manager. He'll give us some funny moments or whatever, and you know he'll be he'll be out of our lives uh, by Revolution of next year. Presumably, yeah. That's that's yeah. I mean, they basically state that's kind of what they say. Like he's only here for this for the Sting retirement tour, and 
and he's done. Um, you know, I I agree with some of the things you're saying as far as like of what he what he's meant to that particular uh, those particular channels and like the moment of 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 those three in the ring together to, to do this. It's actually a like you can't do. You know, in reality, is for the best thing. It, it, like, if you're going to do a, a Sting retirement tour, you have to get Flair in it involved at some point. You and do. There's only so many people you can get. Right. For, for right. Sting. Right. These people are dead. Like these people yeah. are in wheelchairs. Far away from in wheelchairs. Like they're not able to get out there. It's like it had to be Flair. Um. You had to call him. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm just pointing out that like the people that that have their. They they're have not their, wrong. They're not wrong. You're right. In fact, I'm not even saying you're not wrong. You're right. Period. You're you're right. Um, this is happening. Um, and I'm not. You know, I'm not. I don't have anything the way to 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 deflect or make anybody feel better about it or whatever else. If you have an issue with it, you would think you're right because you're right ultimately. Um, and um, we'll see what they do, and um, hopefully that doesn't turn people off. You know, the ones that, that yeah. still just want to watch wrestling and I have to deal with, you know, people like this. But, yeah, that's that's all I have to say on it. That's it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I absolutely was, like, I felt, that was a feel-good moment for me. It really was. When I, when I just initially, when the music hit and I was like, holy shit, he's out here for this and and everything. And then I thought, like, yeah. As he walks around, I was like, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be here, but. It was a feel good moment. At the same time, it was it was very bittersweet, very bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was in the building uh, the night Hulk Hogan came in for a Raw reunion. It felt like I was at a Trump rally. Everyone was just cheering him in unison and all that. And it was like, wow, these people really don't care. So yeah. like, I don't want people to to feel like I don't care. Right. Like with with the thing with Flair, it's just like it's difficult. Detach your emotion from your detaching like your emotion from like your your black and white like thoughts on clear cut. It it is it is separate like separating your emotion from like your your you know it is it really is yeah. So like mm, I don't know it's tough man. It just I kind of disconnect you know. I'm enjoying it for Sting, you know, like, I, you know, so I, I guess I think that's how I'm gonna look at it. But um, moving forward, um, Christian Cage comes out there, uh, which and, how, Christian, how, and Christian Cage came out as the ombudsman yeah, of, of AEW. He said, he's like, okay, you want to, oh, you really want to do this? I'm going to point out why your ass shouldn't be here. And, and yeah. then, yeah. Um, Flair says, you know, uh, there are few far in between magical moments. Uh, 35 years ago, him and Sting made history on TBS at the first clash of champions, and they went 55. He said, going 55 minutes is hard. Uh, even, you know, in 1988, even now, um, you know, but Sting never took a deep breath. Says Sting is um, not only one of the biggest celebrities in AEW, he's one of the nicest guys ever known. When he got the invite from TK to be here, he couldn't say no. He wants to be here the whole journey. Drop the woo. Christian Cage comes out. He said, Tony Khan's a billionaire, and this is the gift he gets. Gave him a suit, gold chains, and a black liver. Um, he said, it's impressive that, you know, he doesn't look like Weekend at Bernie's. He said, knows uh, Flair isn't dead, and he knows there isn't a God because if there was, Flair would be dead 20 years ago. Flair just kind of looks on like, yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> he probably corrected in the ring. It was like however many years ago that plane crash was. Yeah. 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 1975. <laughs> that was for Josh. <laughs> oh. Holy shit. So the situation is not going to go away until he makes it. He knows uh, Sting wants to make it to revolution, but you know it's a beautiful picture, but he sees it differently. He wants him gone right now. He suggests Sting and Darby get a partner and have full gear. It's not going to be a celebration. It's going to be more like a funeral. Sting accepts it and says he's allergic to jackasses. Yes, which then are okay. Go ahead, continue with the rest. You know where it leads to after this, so yeah. Like, um, in there was a spot later on. Edge is uh, backstage. Adam Copeland, sorry, happy birthday, Edge. By the way, turned fifty years old. Oh, uh, Big Cope fifty now. Big Cope turned fifty. Okay, so shout out to Big Edge. Um, you know, uh, Sting rolls up on him. And he's like, yo, man, take the blinders off. Take the blinders off. And he shakes that man on the shoulders or whatever. Like, no, he like, hits him on the shoulders. And, I, and yeah. what I wanted him to do was I wanted Sting to, I wanted Sting to, you know, this is the only examples I have of this are of very problematic situations or whatever else in these movies back in the day, like James Bond movies, where it's like you put your shoulders on, you put your hands on their shoulders and you shake the shit out of them and you give them fucking whiplash. It's yeah. one of them. Like, I wanted this thing to instead of just hit him on the shoulder and be like, wake your ass up! This nigga ain't shit! <laughs> but, Yo, you know, but then again, like... I've been down the road with Lace Luger. I, I know what you're feeling. Yeah. And stuff it, like that, yeah. so... But then you also gotta think, like, I don't think you can clear... I don't think you can clear edge to get shaken because he might catch whiplash on that stack of dimes. So he's like, yeah, nah, man, most you can do is just hit him on the shoulders. And that'll make people yeah. think that you should shout him. But you can't shake him because you shake him, he can't wrestle no more. And I'm out of two, however many million dollars we did to bring Big Hope in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I like the fact that Lex Luger is now in uh, AEW Cannon, uh, as has been mentioned. Shout out to Big Lex. Hope, hope yeah. to see him before Revolution. But That'd be nice. We'll see. So, um... I had to run up on Darby Black. Oh, oh, so he like humor, huh? Yeah. What is it about you? I had the muscles. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Luger. Luger wasn't that like that, but like, given what you, you know, if you don't know that, you probably think he was a big old muscle head that thought that you know I should get a push because look at my body. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got the Young Bucks and Adam Page against the Hardys and Brother Zay. It's a decent match, uh, but I gotta say, man. Crowd didn't, care. crowd didn't care. Um, they got kind of won them over towards the end, but it was not enough. Uh, I thought, yeah. uh, and I feel like the young bucks are checked out right now. Mm. Checked out. They have this look on their face like we're just showing up, we're just doing whatever. We're not, you know, really going as hard as we can. Um, there was a story that was reported. <laughs> Uh, 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 do they do they still have the do they still have the Adam Adam Page dark cloud over their heads that haven't been lifted? You know, I don't know. I would think I would if I was them, I would feel like I won, but maybe they don't feel like that mm-hmm. or whatever. Because you know, they they did do business at Wembley Stadium, and maybe that business was set to come back to them, and maybe that business ain't exactly working out how they want and. Uh, there's a lot of domino effects going on, uh, like around the card with this situation. 
Um, and, you know, dropping those tag belts to restart some Big Bill. And then, you know, there's some, some reporting was coming out talking about, uh, you know, this whole thing, you know, was set up to go to the Bucks, like in, in L.A. And this whole thing has gotten complicated. The Bucks haven't mentioned on TV in weeks, like about challenging for the belts. Like they've kind of been off the show and then kind of randomly back here. Um, with, with the six man thing, Hangman, we already know Hangman's in a feud of his own. So right. it's like, what's going on here? Something, something weird is happening. And mm-hmm. um, I think the Bucks look totally checked out right now. And this is someone I'm someone that considered myself a huge Young Bucks fan. I feel like I know when they're going a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. or when they're going as hard as they can. It seems like they're letting something affect them. I don't know what it is, but mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm psychoanalyzing them, and I shouldn't do that. Or yeah. Whatever. I mean, they also had to slow it way down for the Hardys. So you know how that goes. Yeah. So there's also but, that part. So who knows? Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, man. Like it's just like I feel like if these guys were more engaged with like the stuff on screen at large, like I maybe I would feel differently. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, that Black Saber Jr. got the contract and laid it down. Biggest taxi contract in history of wrestling. Lay it down immediately. Um, you know, lots of football players have have done this um, before. But I'd be shocked if the if the Bucks did that. Like personally, but um, I don't know, man. I I just hope people actually want to want to do business because I know these guys did at, I mean, at a certain point. I mean, that would be nice. That would be nice, but you know. But it's like, yeah, maybe the business isn't even like, uh, you know, when, when FCR loses these belts to Ricky Stars and Big Bill, doesn't that like kind of take the wind out of the sails of them losing it again? It, it was for me, and we talked about that then. It was like, aren't y'all about to do the match at at, at the forum? Like, is the thing like you just want to give a you know a pat on the back to Ricky Stars because of like this you know. Him and CM Punk and the start of collision and y'all had plans to do something with Starks and like with the CM Punk thing being fucked up, like you kind of felt like you had to do a make good for Ricky or whatever else. I, I can understand that. I can understand yeah. that easily. Yeah. Uh it fucks it's fucking up the bigger business though. If that yeah. was the case. And I'm willing to give the I'm willing to give FTR benefit of doubt that learned that like like that that was the, what their intention or whatever else. And, but well, They'll straighten this out, or hopefully they'll straighten this out and figure this thing out because, like, you can't have the Young Bucks not in the top match in in, in the forum. You just can't. Yeah, it, it seems like this was like another big like coronation for these guys. Like, they haven't been champs, tag champs since like they got that two week run in the middle of twenty twenty two, which was not planned or anything. It wasn't planned. They, they, they make good because Jeff's a fuck up. Yeah, so like, it, it seemed like they've been kind of angling for this one they kept themselves kind of uh scarce so by the time they get them belts back well that was also be because you know, they, that was also because they, they was negotiating t- tactic you know that was a barry bloom strategy you know yeah you gotta you know barry bloom's newest client will osprey i heard i feel I like heard. this kind of tips something a certain way but um yeah i mean uh, i mean when, look, you sign with, when you sign with big barry you know you know like Who's getting the commission? Barry's, you know, look, Barry Bloom's new. You know, like, you look at the AEW section, there's a lot of people already over there. I, like, I feel know. like 
I feel like, hey, man, whenever I've heard of Barry Bloom, it ain't never been with WWE. Uh, Ever. Going back to the 90s. Cool. I'm getting this joke off still. <laughs> I'm, getting this, I'm still getting this goddamn joke off. Barry Bloom, he's like, look, man, we got all our clients already. Uh, we got to figure out how to reset the clock and reset the table on some of these contracts for some of our people or whatever else. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's see, you know, let's see, let's see, you know, somebody like a Will Ospreay in, in WWE and see, you know, once we get connected with, with WWE and talk to them and, you know, we hang out here for a year or two or whatever else we see what lay the land is. And then, you know, it's time for a potential move or, or you know, for a couple for, for a, 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 a great, a big group or whatever else in a few years, we already got the contacts. We and everything we set up. It's not too different, different from when, you know, Rich Paul had a clutch client by the name of Contavious Caldwell Pope goes to the Lakers a year or two before LeBron James became available to free agency again. Um, just check out the lay of the land for the Los Angeles Lakers. And then eventually he signed with the Lakers. Like I, I you know, Sometimes, even though even though you got a bunch of you know, even though you got a bunch of fish, it's climbing. Like sometimes you got to take care of your whales, you know. Yeah. Uh, but after this, and you know, and, you know, been four years, you know, with the young bucks' age and Kenny Omega's age or whatever else, it's perfect time to go hey, there. That's, that's when you go that's, and you that's lay it the fuck time down to go there and lay it down for yeah. real. Yeah, you get that. You get that good check. You you give them a good you know year or so. And then Don't after, even give them that. After you, give them that special, give... after you give them that special year, you can live off that for the rest of your life. You no. AJ you Styles, you can go to AJ Styles route. You can go to Shinsuke Nakamura route. One match. <laughs> Lay it down. One match. Uh, I can't believe this nigga from the biggest contract in the history. I can't believe this. They're never doing anything. I would, um, I would, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I skipped something. So before okay. we go to the home invasion, uh, oh shit! <laughs> before we go to the home invasion, uh, Chris Jericho is in this interview with Renee. Yep, and he said the thing that's hurting him most is his ego. Uh, speaking with Renee, he said he's always reflecting. He's always had immense self-confidence and knowing he could beat everybody, but he didn't even see it coming against Hobbs. There's splice and highlights from him getting destroyed. Said, does he have what it takes to beat Hobbs? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Is it time to step back or is it time to get stronger and know that he's Chris fucking Jericho? Is it time to get revenge? Said, I got friends and some of them are bigger than Hobbs. Um, and Immediately, I'm like, "Oh no, yep. they're going to do Jericho." Yep, that's my first thought too. Nah, man. Nah, nah. That ain't it. Not at all. That ain't it. Like the only thing I can think of is if 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 Tall Paul punches him and turns on him and joins the Callis family or whatever, and he's Don Callis's uh, enforcer. Look, man, but, they teased me at Wembley, before Wembley, with, like, I was going to get, in the back half of 2023, Lake Sex Gods, to tell me that I go from the back half of 2023 from having Lake Sex Gods to getting Jericho in 2023, I feel disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say. Nah, man. I, nah. Nah. This nah, ain't nah, it. Nah, this ain't man. it. Nah. No, Jericho, I'm like, with you. If it's a, I'll say this. If it's a one-night-only thing, 
I'll, I, I will hate it a lot less, but if this turns like, we all of a sudden start getting Jared's show, like, you know, and they're going to be like another, you know, old school tag team, like, like, you know, the Hardys or whatever else. No, thank you. No. Keep yeah. it the fuck to yourself. I, I usually walk with Jericho about 95, 96%. Well, this time you need to tell him he, it's he time for him to, it's time to have his footprints in the sand and he need to carry your ass. I ain't, yeah. I ain't walking these, well, I ain't walking these steps yeah. with him. Like, no. look, look at me, Chris Jericho. It's me. It's him. Is is the is the nigga that ride for you for you harder than anybody you can find? Listen to me. <laughs> Chris Jericho. No, not this time, my brother. Not this time. Do something else. Richard, I thought these years from the fall. They say, "Hey, where was your wife on January 6, thousand twenty-one?" Hey. We, you know, I, we ain't here to discuss the past. You know, we here to be positive today. <laughs> you know, this man said, "All right, man, you t- you really tweaking now? It's enough. <laughs> We're going too far." <laughs> so, from uh, what man I defend? A man I call a personal friend. Uh, Swerve Strickland uh, was inside of Hangman Page's house. Uh, I had no idea he was up to, to such such deeds. Uh, uh, breaking a man's home. Um, I I don't know. Did he break any windows? Uh, did I miss that part? Or nah? I think he just like he just found a key or the or a spare key or something like that. He walked in, and, right? Yeah, he walked in. Um, uh, when when he pulled the artwork off, he said, "Man, y'all ain't got no taste." Like I, I kind of died laughing. Yes, um, I thought it was hilarious. It's like it's a fucking baby's painting. <laughs> it's a baby's <laughs> figure painting. You asshole. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so, uh, all of a sudden, you know, no, it would, like, it would, if he had said that, if he went to the refrigerator in the, in the, in his head that same line, I would have died laughing even harder. Man, I man, I wish he would have like fixed himself like a bowl of cereal or some shit. You, you or, can't like, go too far into that because then you like you might reach into like Seth Seth. Uh, home invading, like uh, the Hopeland's territory, where you just come off like a dork. You have to have the pre- you have the you have to give something this. besides like the ele- element of like either charm or not charm, but like a, of wit or disrespect or danger. And you know the ones that the home invasions are rarely done well, and the only ones you the ones that have recently is like this would probably be the better one, of the better ones along with like the one with AJ AJ Styles and and Samoa Joe. He just rings the doorbell and says, "Daddy's home," and then the camera goes off. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Like, I would, like, you know, I'm not a I'm not a home invasion yeah. fan, but I think it's this too one was kind of it's too unbelievable. Yeah, this one was kind of like he didn't come there to fuck the house up. He didn't come there to assault the man or anything like that. This was like it's kind of like psychological. Yes, I would it's say. Menacing. Like the the part where they show the baby crib. Obviously, there's no baby in it or whatever else. It's probably not yeah. even really his house. But the whole part where. They show the baby crib. You know that he has a he has a child recently. He has a you know a, a less than two year old or whatever else, and like the mom's there, and you're just like you, the, the feeling of helplessness. Like where the fuck is someone there to do anything? Like that was very menacing. I thought that worked. I thought it was very effective. Yes. Yeah. Um. And I I I, I can imagine people were. Um, People watch this thing. What is this black man doing in this house? Oh, like? absolutely! Not even that. It was like, what? Oh my God! What is he? Go- what is this black man going to do to this white baby? That was yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Man, look, you think about this on a couple different levels. They're going like, for has, something has here. Look, like, has Cornette talked about this yet? I'm sure he's gone. I'm oh sure my he's god, I might be tempted. I, I might be tempted to, to load up the Jim Court, or excuse me, I might be tempted to ask some of the followers uh, and listeners of One Nation Radio to listen to that and report back to me. Uh, uh, you know, to see how much Jim Cornette squirmed over Swerve uh, this time. Um, but yeah, why like, didn't I, they send in the National Guard? Why are you playing it on television? Yeah. You know. Like, hey man, you, um, can't be, you, you can't be doing this, Mr. Smoky Mountain New Jack guy. You can't be yeah. you can't be doing that. Talking about making white people angry. All right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but yeah, like like I said, I'm not I'm not normally like into the home invasion stuff, but I think this was like done kind of clever enough to where it was like, yeah, man. Um this was this was more clever than anything else. This was very much a disrespect of don't think that like you can't be touched. Um, right. This was very effective from a from a level of like Swerve is broken. He is broke. This is he has gone beyond the pale. He has broken the code, right? Um, like so, yeah. I I thought this was very well done. Um, and you know, you got to have a light out match, right? Say again. They gotta have like a lights out match now, they right? Have, they have to have one of those somebody's got to die type matches, yeah. 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 Someone um, someone someone got to feel it. So so yeah, that, that worked very well for me and um just continues just like you know, I think look, this is the best thing this this is this is the best thing in a long time that's happened to Hangman. It really is. Yeah. Um Carl Sheeta versus Ruby Soho. This was Struggle at all. This was bad. Um, this bad. I watch these. I watch these matches with Ruby Soho sometimes, and I'm like, and I ask myself, is she good or not? And then it I fluctuates. always find my. It does. I always find myself like, um, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I see the, you know, this will come back, and I saw people sending out, uh, you know, gifts of her, and there was Statlander and. They were doing stuff like that when she was a smaller wrestler. I'm like, this just doesn't make sense why this wouldn't be decent, at least. Was this just a bad night at the office with, with, with Sheeta? Because Sheeta also had a match with Abaddon this week. So they served uh, uh, Sheeta's over two this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, regardless of how good the match is going to be as far as like the technicalities of it, it was going to end up shit once you get to the part where Ruby was trying to get a DQ to win the belt. That's fucking preposterous. She was trying to she was trying to say, hey, this person used the spray can on me and trying to do the Eddie Guerrero lie, cheat, and steal thing to win the belt, even though the titles don't change on DQ or count out. No, that's fucking dumb. And then and then eventually she just sprays the fucking belt. It, or spray, tries to spray. I think it was on acid. Sprays Ruby. Ruby luckily has the belt. Holds the belt up. The the belt gets sprayed. And then they continue on wrestling. This is bad. This is yeah. bad. Like just yeah. fundamentally bad. And then technically it was bad too. Just a bad match. Period. Not good. Um. Then we got the main event. This is about as bad a match I imagine those two ever having. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, one of the worst probably two matches of the year. Um. Can't even dress it up. Um, then Timeless Tony comes out. 
Um, and she's like doing all the posing and prancing on the uh, stage way. Carl shoot is looking at her like, what the fuck is this? Cause obviously she ain't seen no shit like this over uh, in the homeland. Um, but you know, Usually the people that she see is dressed like some old school people. They're usually like the wrestlers. They dress like Southern grannies, you know, not. Oh, exactly like Raccoon like, from TJPW. You know, she's used to seeing that kind of like. Dress like some fucking antebellum damsel. Yeah, she's used to kind of seeing that kind of tribute to yesteryear. She's not used to the the the, the starlet like, uh, kind of. Like, look like uh, Nasty Poi or, or Hameka in the big, in them big yeah. ass bow joints. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she's used to. She's not used to the timeless Tony thing, so it's, uh, it's a little different. It's like, you know, obviously, like, there's different, uh, you know, Disney's, a, you know, there is a Disney world over there, right? And everything, and, like, so, obviously, culturally, there is a connection, but, like, I, I'm always seeing myself, like, as far as, like, the clothes, whatever, I was like, wait a second, why the, how the, why the fuck are y'all dressed like... <laughs> Why are y'all dressed like late 1800s over there in 2023? Like, what? Like, why is Tim dressed like that today in this press conference, bro? What the fuck's going on? Did you see Um, that joint with her uh, driving? She was like, Tim, she was like trying to get her license and learn how to drive or some shit. I ain't see this, no. I saw it on Twitter. It was like she was she was like, Yeah, I'd like to be a wife one day or something like that. And then she's like, I gotta get my license. And yeah, she uh you know, she be, she be working her marks with that one. She'd be working her marks with the whole like uh <laughs> the waifu stuff that she'd be doing online. She'd be doing that. Um what was I gonna say? Like I, what were we talking about just now? Uh, oh Sheeta, Sheeta, Sheeta. Yeah, so the Tony Storm thing. So, because I I don't think we're gonna talk about the match with, with Abaddon at all. It matched bad too, and then they no. did the and then they did the the DDT indie goofy indie or like Joey Ryan indie goofy thing where it's like we're gonna pour set of thumbtacks on the floor, we're gonna throw like something else, whether it's toys or whatever. And like Tokyo Josh Pro, like they would have these matches with like uh, Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Masao where they would have they would have fucking like dinosaurs, like Godzilla, like. Like the you know like eight inch Godzilla uh, toys and put them on the floor and they would body slam each other on and they would bump onto those things because it's like hard or whatever else. What they did was we're gonna pull out hard candy and we're gonna bump on the hard candy and I was like and some of the hard candy wasn't even hard. Sometimes it was like was like uh like the like those like sour worm things. I was like yo this looks fucking stupid. At least with Legos you know them shits hurt. Some of that stuff is soft candy. This is dumb looking. And I was like, Man. this is, I don't, I was like, this is a bad look. And I was like, as you mentioned, like, we, we done put Sheeta behind the eight ball twice in one week. And then uh, that match ends and Tony comes out again. And Tony comes down to the ring and she's barefoot. And um, she gets on the, she she rips off the, uh, the table thing, the table, whatever they call it, that sheet that covers the table. Cut us say a table cover. And then she she places herself and sits and lays herself across the table, and she is laying on her side and she is facing towards Sheeta, and the announcers behind her. You get a shot of Nigel and Tony uh, Shivani and, and and Kevin Kelly, and Kevin Kelly saw that backside and said, "What a star!" And <laughs> I 
fucking howled. Cause I was like, I I know what you seen and I know what you fin- and, I, and what you said, but when the camera catches you and the rest of y'all looking at what I know y'all looking at, and you said what a star. Oh my god, I died. That yes. shit was hilarious. <sighs> and I don't disagree. Uh, uh- I, that's funny you mentioned TJPW James. I, I thought this match would have been more at home at Stardom and Showcase. It's one of them. Um, all the same <laughs> shit. Shit that I do not want to watch. I was like, yeah, you know, we can, I, I understand what this is now. Like, uh, like when I looked at, at in that context. But um, yeah, I feel like she's just keeping this belt warm. I feel like Tony Khan can't wait to put that shit around uh, Timeless Tony's waist. Look, all I know is when they have a match, it will be it will be better than the, than the shit that we have been seeing uh, Hikaru doing this week. So, and don't be wrong, like she earlier a couple of weeks ago, like she was having some really good defenses. So, I ain't got no no misgivings or anything like that. Like, I want to see Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm wrestle. I want them to have a feud in a program because like they're two of the better women's wrestlers on the roster, right? Like, unless you're gonna get you know. Willow involved, and she seems to be doing something else right now with the whole um, Julia Hart eye thing with Statlander. That, like that's, that's what you could have did, James. You could have you could have been acting like you got missed by Malachi Black and just painted the eye. Wait, what? I said for Halloween, you could you could do like the eye or whatever. You could you get some paint and you know. Yeah, I didn't think about that, and I don't have like. Paint on hand. I, I'm not. I'm not an artist. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to have collections of paint on me. But yeah, maybe, maybe next time I'm in a pinch, I, if I think of it, I'll, I'll get on to that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we had the main event: uh, Brian Danielson, Claudio Casanova against Orange Cassidy and Kazushka Okada. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, this is rocked. This yep. rocked. Yep. Um, you know. Anytime Okada comes to America, I feel like it's a celebration. Uh, Zach Porter booing in the comments. This is how I know this was good. And, and go, um, go, go. I don't know why you even here. This is a this is an AEW show. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought this ruled. Um, this was, you know, I, I popped big time when they did the zoom out. Yep. Kind of had the arms out. Orange yep. Cassidy told me it was a hug. T- it was time to hug. And they zoomed and out they again. again. Uh, that was funny. It was great. Um, I-, I liked the way Claudio worked with Okada. Yep. Danielson and Okada, it was like a, uh, it was almost like they were, they were like, yeah, man, we didn't get to do everything we could the last match. So we're going to like add some more on to like, you know, what we started at Forbidden yep. Door. Yep. I, I thought this whole thing was a setup to get to a Russell Kingdom match. Hopefully, it still Same. is. Same. Yep. Um. But yeah, th- this ruled like, and it was like, it felt like really big stars are in the ring, like, and it was. Just, I was just watching this, like, how cool is this? Like, right. Okada's just here, like, just having a match, like, and it's dope. And he's in there with fucking Brian Danielson, and then Orange Cassidy and Claudio, and it was like Claudio's fucking here. He was in WWE all these years, like. I would have never thought he'd been there with Okada, and then I just I I was just uh, just smiling a lot while I was watching this. For me, this sold me on three matches. This sold me on one to see um, Orange Cassidy versus Claudio, which they were doing next week. This was in part in what it was doing, what they were trying to do. 
This sold me on Okada and Danielson, the rematch in the Dome. And this sold me on wanting to see Claudio in Okada. Um, it, 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 it gave me three matches that I want to see, um, in this. And also, like, it didn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily, like, give me, I want to see Orange Cassidy versus Danielson. But when the way to start this match with Danielson and Cassidy, it was apparent, it was like, look, all the, like, all the stuff that you lull people to sleep with the goofiness, or whatever else, and, and everything, like, no, I know it's a trap. Because I'm a wrestling genius. I'm kicking your fucking teeth in. I'm kicking your ass. He, <laughs> Danielson kicked Orange Cassidy's ass and it was on from there. It was so fun. It was such a fun match. Such a fun match. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was an awkward end post-match to end the golf era. It really was because I, I was like, what is going on? Moxie's here. So this angle, clearly, as far as uh, the injury or whatever else, and we find out that ultimately, like, yes, he is legitimately injured, but the injury happened in a different place and it's to set up, taking him off, t- off, off TV. He still wouldn't do the match. Command, I commend Danielson for being a tough motherfucker. This is the second time soldiering through some shit with, with Okada. Um, yeah. and like, I think it was, I, I think it was Collision this week where like you get the, after the match, they announced they're going to do Claudio and, or maybe even during the main event, they were announcing they're going to do Claudio and Orange Cassidy on Dynamite on Wednesday for the, uh, international title. That's going to be great because they went out there and they showed their head. They have perfect, a perfect, uh, chemistry. And then uh, on Collision, they do the promo talking about explaining that Dance is on the shelf for now and Claudio is coming for Cassidy in his international belt and he's coming for Okada and like, I can't wait to see those two matches now. Yeah, and Claudio, like maybe, Claudio has maybe a serious motherfucker is like, I, I love the, the year that Claudio's had. I really have. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we got two pay-per-views before the end of the year. We also got Wrestle Kingdom. Lord forbid, Danielson's not able to make Wrestle Kingdom. You could send Claudio in his yep. place. That's why he um, cut that promo. Um, you could do him and Claudio at full gear. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to win the, the title match with Claudio and OC. Um, because it could be, like, Claudio gets it be- as a makeup because Moxie can't be back. It, it could definitely be that, too. Right, or it could be he he's holding on to it because he's getting back to Moxley eventually. So yeah. there, I, I think there's a yeah. lot of either way, a lot either of way. intriguing ways to, to kind of go. Yeah, um, in the exit of this, but uh, but it was definitely awkward him selling and everyone looking around at each other and Okada mocking the jaw thing or whatever else, and we're kind of like, is there going to be some beat down or whatever else? They're outnumbered right yeah. now currently, and they just go off air that way. But like now, knowing what we know now is like okay. There was a plan. It's more focused now, and I enjoy. I I I like where they're headed with this whole thing with yeah, uh, you know, BCC and you know, Chaos West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a lot of like talking on this show. Uh, there was like you know from some some of the wrestling I wasn't necessarily into and all that, yeah, but um, was by the time we got definitely. to the by the time I got to the main event, like I was, I was definitely into the main event. Yep. Um, and then, like you know, Friday night they had some good wrestling, like Kanosuke Tessa and uh, Kyle Fletcher, of course. How was that? I, I'm pretty sure it was great. But I heard it was it? great. I heard it was great. I didn't see Rampage, but um, I heard it was like four and a quarter. Okay. Um, but then you know, Collision, as, as we mentioned, we, we both watched that, and gotta say, I'm, I'm not gonna be a every week Collision watcher, but if you're throwing like one big main event, like I'll drop in for that. Um, turn, that's it, like it, it's, it's hilarious. They turn collision into Saturday night's main event, <laughs> but backwards, right? Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, 
you know, since you know, I brought this up on you know JD's show. I was like, well, since Downson can't have Saturday nights now, I guess is is it time to send Kenny over there? You know, be like, hey, you know, now you can uh, <laughs> you you can get it for ten weeks now. It's but, not um, more than just big coat. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's gonna. That ain't, ain't gonna be gonna, enough. It ain't gonna be enough. Something else. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jay White and Ar Fox had a had a very solid match. Um, and you know that I thought that, that match was good. Actually, I thought it was very good, bro. When they came back from break, Ar Fox had them going crazy. Yeah, crazy, yeah. and I was like, wow, what happened? Was, right? Like, like, and it was like I know he was in his home area. Like he's from Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is not that far from uh, the Mohegan Sun. And um, I thought it was cool. They, you know, him and I, White Jay White had been in New Japan so long. It was almost like he was isolated from like vertical guys. <laughs> and, and like they've had like him in there with a lot of flyers this year. Going back to Commander, yeah. and then uh, you know, you know, Pentagon's not a flyer per se, but he's not glues to the ground either. Right. Uh, Air Fox here, and uh, you know, like it's an interesting like uh take on his style. Um Santana and Ortiz was nice too. Uh, Black Saber Jr. mentioned they I saw a great promo package they did. Uh I got it on DVR, so I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, I'm gonna go back and watch Rampage because you know those those two matches enough for me to check <laughs> that out. Um That ain't no that like that is more than what they normally do on Rampage. But they got um, you know, uh like like the vertical people for white style kind of makes it uh interesting. Like because he gets to use uh he gets to fall for traps early in matches and then yep. kind of like rectify them by the end of matches and stuff like yes. that. And it's usually pretty interesting. Yeah. Also uh, another part about it is like with him, you know, the thing that was frustrating for me at times with him was that like, you know, someone like Jeremy the watch ring honor would tell me like that dude that dude can fly. And it's like I've seen I'm sure he can because look at him, but there's no evidence that he wants to do it. And if he wanted to, he could because look at his contemporaries in the Gaijin space in New Japan. They fly and do, you know, dynamic stuff too all the time. He just don't want to do it because this is what his character is, what they've told him that what his character should be or what he thinks is best. And it ain't for me. Um, so like when he comes to AEW and he wrestles these guys, like his matches have more life in them. And like he's on his best fucking behavior compared to all that bull, all that bullet club, super heat, roll out, take powders bullshit he was doing for all them years. Yeah. If this had been if this had been the in ring stuff we were getting from Jay White, the AEW Jay White in New Japan in the G ones whatever else, I would not have I would not have had such a problem with him. And that was the thing that was so frustrating. I was like, he we knew he could wrestle his ass. We all knew we both acknowledged he's a great wrestler. Just seeing our cup of tea because it's like, bro, it's get to the fucking point already. <laughs> Stop wasting time. Like he's out here trying to buy rounds and shit. Speaking of wasting time, they did a lot of that on Collision. Uh, a lot of squashes, a lot of uh, kind of backstage of interview type things, and um, you know, all I hear about is the great pacing of Collision, and you know, in comparison to Dynamite. I gotta say, man, I was put to fucking sleep. Like I was ready to get to the main event by the time he came, yeah. um, and it was like, let's get it, man. And you know, I think the main event like saved the show uh, because it had been mm, a little rough. Uh, there was a Dax Harwood and Ricky Starks match. It was all right. Um, Bro, uh, let's, you know, keep it, let's keep it, let's be real. Like, in 2019, we were getting those, in those two-hour NXTs head-to-head with them, with Dynamites or whatever else. Them NXTs were kicking, would, would have kicked the shit out of uh, 
that what that collision was, even with that Omega match. Like what you got in a two hour span, what you would get on fucking squashes? No, we were getting competitive matches and shit. Yeah, like one, yeah. like you know, like one, like we were doing like those special, you know, uh, you call them um, New Year's Evil and you know Halloween Havocs and Great American Bashes and shit. Like nah, man, even nah, NXT was better than uh, you know, peak NXT for you know it got really you know fucked up, but was killing uh, what that collision was last. Uh, on Saturday, so um, they seem to be setting up House of Black in a in a way where they're terrorizing lots of people. I guess that Malachi Black and Danielson thing is like gone. Um, like that's not happening. Um, you know, but if they're like these these terrorizers of the show, um, cool. That whatever could, ha- whatever happened to Andrade and, and Malachi? Whatever happened to that? I think they did two matches. Like they did. They did. Uh, yeah, they did singles the matches. Match. Yeah, they did a regular singles match, and then they did a ladder match or whatever, and then he wrestled Brody King, but he beat. No, him no, 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 no! I'm not talking about what the program match. was. Like they never got to the actual Malachi Black Andrade match. Oh yeah, match. That, was, that was that was Buddy. My that bad. was Buddy. Yeah. See, House of Black. You know, I I don't be knowing like if it ain't Brody King, it's one of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened to it, but I was very excited when the LFI ran out to basically break up all that shit. I was like, Roosh, I was like, oh, this is a fucking guy. You Where had he been? Bro, no idea. Like, he had been doing this whole thing like he was too dangerous to be on TV or whatever. Like, that was his ang- angle or whatever. Hmm. Um, was that because but, of yeah. the, the Jungle Boy thing? No idea. Okay. Oh, paternity leave. Oh, oh okay. okay. He did have a child recently. I, did, I, I didn't know that. I had no clue. Yeah. Um, they um yeah they came back i popped because i, I you know i had said Rush should be definitely a guy that should be pushed yep. because like that man busted his ass for like a year and was like he put himself on a prove it deal he's a fucking it, star and, he, and, and then when he, he showed up like, he came he, he he performed as if he was a star and was motivated he absolutely deserves the spot like, yeah. he was great like, yeah. like he was excellent like yes count me in hangman yeah count count me in on that like him and danielson him and moxley uh, him and moxley a lot of lot lot of good work from Roosh. So yeah. like, yeah, I'm I'm with the LFI. The fucking uh, tornado tag matches he was doing. He's yep. fucking getting things out of Preston Vance. Like, <laughs> so yeah, man. I I fucked with Roosh. So, um, but yeah, and then you know the the great MJF Kenny Omega match, and it was like, you know, yeah. What more do you want? Like, I I, I thought that was excellent, and that was like a match that made me feel good. About you know wrestling and uh and, and and you know what's going on AW and it, it, uh, it's pulled the MJF like title reign out the shitter. I wonder if there was like a, a conscious like acknowledgement, like yo, we need to stamp this guy, we need to pull him out of like these weird directions that that were happening. I wonder if that was a uh, directive. I definitely have like, a much pos- more positive outlook now than I did, you know three weeks ago because part of me i'm like man was it just that simple they wanted to do it because he was passing the record or whatever it was it just that was this, a bu- what, was this a business reason they were they were trying to do this like how did they not see the value in this the first time value of this at a mm-hmm. different point i don't know these are still questions i don't like have answers for and right. i don't know maybe i'll get answers for them in the future um but yeah i i have nothing else yeah, same. 
Um, thanks for listening, y'all. Oh, one more thing. Um, uh, Dan Coffin asks, what do we think of the NBA in-season tournament um, that is happening? I don't even know the dates. I don't know when it starts. I, I don't know what to make of it. As far as them doing it and where, where the cash prize prizes are for it, like I'm cool with it. Will it be like the historical significance of it? Like I think it'll take years to determine that. I just think that people are too Americanized to think that like these things won't matter and don't matter or whatever else. But like I, it will eventually. Show. So um, basically, like it's like uh, there's going to be two stages. Uh, group play in the knockout rounds. So all 30 teams have been randomly drawn into groups of five within their conference based on win-loss records from last season. Uh, each team will play four designated group play games, one game against each opponent in its group, two games at home, two on the road on tournament nights, which will take place every Tuesday and Friday from November 3rd through 28th, with the exception, exception of Election Day, when no games will be played. The only NBA games played on tournament nights will be group play games. So they're essentially taking over like the month of November with this. I'm glad they told us because I would have like probably been like, how long is this thing lasting? Mm-hmm. Like, like if they're just making real, oh, in November, it's like tournament time, whatever, mm-hmm. like preseason tournament. Um, there's knockout rounds. <clears throat> Eight teams will then advance to the knockout rounds. The team with the best standing in the group play in each of the six groups and two wild cards team from each conference with the best record in group play that finished second in this group. The knockout rounds will consist of single elimination games in the quarterfinals played in NBA team markets on Monday, December 4th and Tuesday, December 5th with the semifinals and championship played in Vegas, December 7th and 9th respectively. The knockout teams will compete for a prize pool and the new in-season tournament trophy, the NBA Cup. I think I'll take it as serious as I feel like the players are taking it. Right. Like, like if you give like, me playoff-level basketball, right. I'm in. If you're going to treat like a normal regular regular season game in, you know, as it, when it's a fucking winter and it's a road trip or whatever else, then it, it won't matter. Like, if they're, they're going to be resting dudes and be like, yeah, you know, right. you're not going to play. And I'm like, all right, we don't care either. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm assuming this is the reason why this shit went hand in hand with, like, this year and also, like, the don't don't sit fucking stars rule that, you know, the anti-load management thing that went into effect this year. I think Bro, they were like, and, and people we, already we trying to do this. We sold this, for, we sold this for some bread or whatever else. Don't fuck this up for us. Yeah. Owners. Um, they said, uh, you know, players on the each winning champion, winning team, they get $500,000 each. That's a lot. Um, the that losers, is a lot, except for the star players, because yeah, that's what their game true. checks look like. That's true. Uh, players on the losing team get 200000 each. Players on the semifinals, losers, they get 100 Players on losing team of quarterfinals, $50,000 each. Um, then they're going to do an MVP of the tournament and the all-tournament team. Selections okay. will be paid based Kinda on like the what they do with the bubble. Uh, yeah. Members all bubble team. Yeah, selection will be based on the players' performance in both group play and knockout rounds. So, um, it could be interesting. They they're doing all the courts, um, kind of uh, kind of differently. I've seen uh, all I the layouts and stuff. I don't know. It's a way to brand it. I don't have a problem. Right, right, with that. Right. I don't have a problem. So, I don't care what the court looks like. Look, some of these I courts care now about the game. Look, I care how period. hard they play. Yeah, like if you're gonna give me the intensity of a playoff game, I'm there. If you're not, 
it's gonna be real easy to spot in in you know how that goes. I have my guard up on this. Like you, you know, have reason. You, re- you have reason to because of look what the regular season has been to, for the last like seven years. Yeah, yeah. Especially so this early. Like, like if this were if this were like set. Obviously, you, you can't do this because you have to get to like the actual important part of your season. Like if this were set like February, March ish, or whatever else. I'd be in because that's when people are. That's when the players are actually tuned in to get ready for the playoffs and are right, gearing up. Right. So yeah, hopefully that answers it. But I have nothing else. Yeah. Um, gonna, gonna ride off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the end of the show, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you're watching from the stream, uh, when we put the podcast up, go to the uh, show notes for the podcast and go to the Red Circle uh, link to donate there. And be sure to listen to other shows on the network. Besides Nation Radio, you have Keep It Strong Style, uh, All Things Elite, and Imps WWE Adventure. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.